Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing how having an arbitrage mindset changes everything. So I cannot help but to think of sabotage every time I hear the word arbitrage. Uh, it makes me think of the old Beastie Boys song, Sabotage. No, I'm <laughs> did trying. you ever listen to Beastie Boys? I did. I had the airplane <laughs> CD with the airplane on the front. Uh huh. Okay, so it made me think of... So we were just talking about, before we hit record, you were talking about visiting Dollywood. You went to Dollywood with some family up in Tennessee. And uh, we're talking about roller coasters. And it, this makes me think of specifically, I think it was called the Rock and Roller or something like that. There Rock was and this, Roller Coaster or whatever, in, yeah. In Orlando. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've been on the, the Aerosmith Roller Coaster. Okay. <laughs> it's like you get to choose your music when you're on there. Uh, at least uh, at least when, when we went, you could you had the option. I don't remember that. And me and my buddy Steve, uh, him and I were sitting next to each other. We're like, hey, what do you want to 
rock and roll too <laughs> and uh we chose sabotage but that's not what we're talking about this episode we're talking about arbitrage what it is and how you can use this concept to get ahead with your money uh we're going to talk all about arbitrage today man i'm really excited for this episode uh first actually i was talking to my neighbor the other day and it turns out man that he has had some really uh, great success foraging for mushrooms so first of all i want to get your thoughts on foraging for mushrooms do you feel uh <laughs> you're looking at me with like uh very skeptical eyes i'm not sure I, where you're going with this i think i know what your answer is i was gonna ask you like would you forge for mushrooms is that something that you would do no okay One, yeah, yeah i don't like mushrooms all that much uh, no i'm not, not a big mushroom guy Dude, mushrooms are so good underrated okay. well i, I you know, teach their own. But <laughs> <laughs> I think if it was something I was into and there was like a place nearby and it was so kind like of craft this beer, outdoor excursion thing, if I could forage for craft for cra- beer, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. I would do that. Uh, well, he was if mentioning there was like some waterfall a distance off and like okay. it flowed with craft beer. Oh, yeah. And just I had to walk like... three miles through the woods to get there. I, I would I would make that trek. If they like jumped out of the water, you had to like catch them with your hand like wild salmon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a big one. I got a 750. Exactly. <laughs> that would be quite the magical world to live in. But uh, yeah, so I was talking to my neighbor and he's, he's a part of this forging group uh, as well. But dude, he has found a good number of morels plus all these other mushrooms that I've never heard of. But of course, you need to make sure that you're you're being informed when it comes to forging. Yeah, for, I was going to say mushrooms. I would accidentally pick the wrong ones. And, Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. And so die. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to like the, the, the frugal or cheap debate, it's frugal if you know what you're doing, um, and you know it can be a lot of fun because I love getting outdoors, hiking through the woods. And man, if you happen to also be looking for some delicious morels, you know, some great mushrooms while you're at it, I think that could be a ton of fun. But yeah, you could go from being frugal to cheap if you pay the ultimate cost with your life. Right. <laughs> frugal to dead. Or like, I don't even want to get sick from eating something I shouldn't have eaten, especially when it comes to something like mushrooms. And so well, just, it makes me think, too, um, you've heard of the restaurant Noma, right? And yeah. I think it's a Danish restaurant. And I, wasn't it, it hasn't been like named the best restaurant in the world for a bunch of years. And the guy who started that restaurant, essentially uh, foraging is the main major concept behind the food there. They, they go and they get local stuff. And it's not just local farmers it's not just farm to table but they're like harvesting the stuff themselves and they're like, like walking yeah was it the chef's table that they featured him as well i remember they're walking like along the bay and he, like, yeah start, he's just like finding stuff like he's like this will be ocean. good for dinner tonight <laughs> it's like oh that's cool i mean I, I, if if you're able to then turn that into a profit i mean that's actually kind of arbitrage <laughs> taking the free stuff and making killer dinners that cost a lot of money out of it uh, absolutely man yeah but we actually can link to uh this this great guide by Wirecutter. they've got uh the, the author of this article talked about how he started forging for mushrooms and he had a lot of great tips in there and and, and the ultimate kind of cardinal rule when it comes to forging for mushrooms is if in doubt throw it out because obviously you don't want to not worth uh, the risk yeah you don't want to put your life uh, in harm's way by potentially you know getting something that may or may not be good for you this is not foraging advice uh listeners yeah well here's a quick thing if anybody out there listens to the show and they do forage for mushrooms i would love uh to hear from you what it is that you're looking for maybe you live in i don't know where you have to live to find like the really good stuff i want to see some pics of your shrooms too like oh yeah you know that'd be awesome i bet there's like some beautiful mushrooms out there absolutely taste delicious and I bet I could even be converted into liking them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, let's keep moving on. Let's mention the beer that we're having on the show. This one's called Pineapple Upside Down Shake by Newgrass Brewing Company. You were uh, just up in North Carolina. You picked up this beer for us. So thank thank you, my friend. And uh, looking forward to having this one on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Matt, let's get into the, the subject at hand. Today, we're discussing having an arbitrage mindset and how that changes everything. And it made me think about this Olympic high jumper from back in the 1960s. His name was 
Dick Fosbury. And he basically changed the sport of high jumping forever the first time he jumped backwards over the bar. That's right. Until then, every competitor ever before had launched themselves into the air going forward, belly over the bar. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure the last time anybody watched a high jumping event. Maybe recently, right, with the Olympics going yeah, on? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, but yeah, now every high jumper uses Dick's technique. So yeah, Dick Fosbury essentially exploited a flaw in the high jumping world that no one else was paying attention to. And yeah, to me, that's, it's, that's the basics of what arbitrage is. It's exploiting an opportunity. And once you start seeing arbitrage opportunities, you'll actually start to notice that they exist essentially everywhere, right? Uh, you can't unsee them. So like Dick and then every high jumper after him, you can't really go back to you know living like you used to. You can't go back to doing the high jump uh, belly first. <laughs> it's like the game <laughs> has changed now and I am now an arbitrage enthusiast. Yeah, that's right. It takes looking at different things that were presented with in life uh, with a different lens, right? And when it comes to our money, obviously life isn't cheap. You know, it doesn't have to cost a ton of money, but it costs some money, right? And none of us have a limitless supply of that money. Exactly. Well, that's kind of like the ultimate problem with life is <laughs> that we can't just like summon money like the no, Fed can. No, the ultimate problem well, is what's the meaning of it all? <laughs> and we're not going to get into that. Yeah, on that is true. But we're just talking about money here. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes we go through life just making the same default standard issue decisions just because we've taken the path of least resistance, right? We haven't thought creatively about the different problems that we're faced with. And, and this is often the case when it comes to making money. You know, the questions that typically come up are like, okay, where are you going to go to college and, and what are you going to study? But in reality, how much time is actually given to whether or not college is even the best path for that person? And it can often apply to the different expenses in our lives as well. Not just how we make money, but how we spend our money. Someone might be uh, moving to Atlanta. Oh, what, what neighborhood are you going to buy a house in? <laughs> or maybe it's, oh, you're wanting to get healthy? Like, what gym are you going to join? Uh, and so I want to question the question. We don't want to just assume the default answer. And in many areas of our lives, it's almost as if there's this invisible template that we're following. Uh, but we're trying to challenge these assumptions, uh, particularly because they impact your wealth. And so that's a huge reason we're focusing on building an arbitrage mindset. We want you to think creatively about the different money problems that you're going to encounter. Yeah, so let's give a little bit of a definition around arbitrage. Maybe we have like a basic concept based on what we've discussed already. But Matt, when it comes down to it, arbitrage is basically the difference between the price that you can pay for something and then what you can get for that thing from yeah. somebody else, right? That's right. And so when we're talking about arbitrage, it's basically the idea of taking advantage of an inefficiency. The, the main way arbitrage has been used in the past is in currency trading. But uh, currency trading is you know, a risky thing that we're not yeah. really into. We, you know, it's not something that we uh, would recommend. That's so, not what we're talking about today. No, no. we're not going to talk about that. There's <laughs> other ways, though, that you can use that concept, that idea to your advantage. We're going to get practical today, but we'll also discuss your mindset at the same time. We'll give concrete ideas for specific areas in your life that you can start pursuing arbitrage and then also you know, ways in which to kind of see arbitrage around you everywhere you look. So yeah, we would say that developing that arbitrage mindset is something that anybody listening can begin doing immediately and they can start to see results, right? Becoming more arbitrage minded, it essentially means that you're thinking more like a business with inputs and outputs and less like a purchasing consumer. That's also completely separate from the side of you that is an income yep. generating employee because they are one in the same, right? Exactly. And uh, Matt, it just makes me think of a recent 
purchase I was making. I'm heading to the beach with the kiddos, and there's this little spot that's perfect for kayaking, and mm-hmm. I wanted to take them out. And so I'm looking for this inflatable two-seater kayak, and I'm scouring Craigslist and Facebook yard sale for a used one. And in my mind, nice. all I'm thinking is, can I get it? cheap enough that when I'm done with it after this trip, I can actually flip it and make more money. So like if I can buy this uh, inflatable kayak for 80 bucks, can I then sell it for a hundred when I get, when I get back to town uh, by taking better pictures or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just by making a better listing. That to me is like just a small example of like how I think about arbitrage in my life, even something as mundane as the purchase of a used good uh, online. That's excellent, dude. I love how you are thinking about that um, on a personal level, right? But you know, at a very high level, arbitrage is just one of the basic building blocks of, of markets. And so by really zooming out, you can see how arbitrage is really just at the core of most businesses You know, that is taking on raw goods, creating something either better or something simpler, something a little more unique in order to sell it at a markup in order for that business to make a profit. And so by this definition, you know, something as simple as the smoothie that you may have... Uh, uh, purchased while running some errands. Or like, a smoothie-like IPA. Or a, um, what is it? Pi- yeah, pineapple upside down shake <laughs> <laughs> IPA. Even something as simple as that is a form of arbitrage. So maybe you can't make a beer at home, but like with a smoothie, you know, maybe at home, could you have taken some strawberries, some, some spinach, some milk, ice? Could you have mixed that in your own blender and made something uh, delicious and healthy? Like, yeah, you definitely could. But the company selling you a smoothie, you know, they're betting on the fact that they can make either a better one or they can make a smoothie that's more convenient. Yeah, it's like, don't get all your kitchen stuff dirty. Come buy a yeah, smoothie from us. Exactly. While you're out running errands, it's super easy. And they're betting on the fact that it's going to be worth the trade off for you to pay them for that smoothie instead of you making one yourself. All right. So that's a good example, Matt. Let's talk about other maybe businesses that in particular specialize in arbitrage. Like, Ollie's Bargain Outlet, Big Lots is another store. TJ Maxx is another store. Yep. There, there are just like counsel, countless examples of different stores that specialize in arbitrage. So Ollie's, for instance, Ollie's Bargain Outlet. I'm not sure if people have them where they live. I uh, I've been into a, a one a couple of times with my father-in-law. I never have. He likes Ollie's Bargain Outlet. Um, it's a mixture, Matt. I would say I don't think it would be your style, uh, and it's not even necessarily my style. <laughs> but what they do, you know, it's it's arbitrage at its finest and it appeals to some folks. So Ollie's, for instance, sells all sorts of goods that were unwanted at other retailers. And, and I looked up what Ollie says on its website because I wanted to figure out, you know, how they build themselves. What's your mission, Steve? <laughs> right. <Ollie>. Exactly. <laughs> they say uh, if a manufacturer makes too much of an item or changes their packaging, Ollie's will buy overstocked or old packaged items. So basically, at its core, Ollie's is exploiting arbitrage opportunities. And and, um, yeah, I I don't even mean to use the term exploit in a negative way, because I think it's actually a good thing. It's a healthy thing for the market. Making use of, right? Exactly, exactly. Like uh, your mushrooms that are going bad, giving them to your neighbor. um, That's He's exploiting you not liking mushrooms, or me not liking mushrooms. You got your head in the whole foraging for mushrooms (laughs) thing still. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, So yeah, really, much of what Ollie sells might have otherwise been thrown away way or basically been completely useless, but they are reusing it in a way. Um, and all these customers, they know what to expect. They love the cheap prices. And really, it's the same with stores like TJ Maxx and Big Lots too, right? Those stores are scooping up last season's items for pennies on the dollar. Um, and they've established a successful business model doing it. So when you think about it like that, there are thriving businesses that have made arbitrage the very center of their business. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, arbitrage, it's not just about big companies and massive storefront operations. We think that by thinking of your own 
personal finances through the lens of an entrepreneur or as a business owner, we think that you'll be able to take advantage of the benefits of arbitrage to boost your net worth, to make you more profitable as a person, sort of like a business would. And so we'll get into some of the specifics on how you can implement arbitrage, uh, how you can adopt more of an arbitrage mindset. And we'll get to all of that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
All right, Matt, before the break, you said we want to make people more profitable, like human beings, more profitable people. I, I thought that was kind of a cool, we cool way to say it. Each individual to be more successful. We want your, um, your, your stock valuation to go up. <laughs> to go I up. want, I want Joel LLC to be worth more tomorrow than it is today. Okay. I like that. I like that goal. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about like uh, specific ways people can first, uh, before we talk, get into some of the specifics on mindset, let's talk about some real physical, tangible ways that people could use arbitrage without being a big business in order to make money. Right. That's right. Let's so yeah, it. before, before, before the break, we talked about how arbitrage is this core principle of a lot of businesses. Um, but on a smaller level, you know, it's it's something that basically anybody can participate in uh, as an individual. You know, there was this interesting post on this website, Dollar Sprout, Matt, a couple of months ago, and this guy named Ben he bought a hundred thousand dollars worth of Pokemon cards during the pandemic. Wow, I, I'm not sure if he was just <laughs> bored or if this is like uh, it sounds like he's his new favorite thing now because he is <laughs> making money doing it. He started flipping them on eBay, um, and as he learned about the pricing dynamics of specific Pokemon cards, he was able to make a really good profit. He even began to buy single cards on eBay that were listed poorly, and then he sold them himself, <laughs> making real money in the process. So he, he not only was he like doing the most basic form of arbitrage by like dividing something up and then reselling it, he said, you know what, I see another way in which I can make money. These people don't know what they're doing, and I'm going to capitalize on their poor listing. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to create a good listing, and then I'm going to make money, right? So yeah, he was ex able to exploit a few different inefficiencies uh, and make money from this imperfect market of the online sale of Pokemon cards. So I feel like, yeah, reading that, it made me realize that arbitrage possibilities are kind of endless. They can be found in a whole host of places. Yeah, there's a lot of different advantages and angles that we can take when it comes to arbitrage. And, you know, one of Ben's tips was to look for cards at non-peak hours when there's less competition. Uh, but he's also mentioned some pitfalls like avoiding payment scams and the folks selling fake Pokemon cards. Oh, you don't want that. Yeah. And so over time, obviously, you need to have some knowledge uh, that that's required in order to actually profit. But still, retail arbitrage is a common way to make extra money. Joel, you and I, we had a friend who used to go to thrift stores. He bought the best stuff there at the thrift stores and resold it on eBay. And he actually made a living by doing this and supported his family for years. Uh, and now he basically does the exact same thing, but with mid-century furniture. And through that process, he really knows his stuff. He's got yeah. really nice, high-end stuff, stuff that, you know, I follow him on Instagram and I see stuff up there and I'm like, oh, I want that <laughs> in my house. He's posted some mid-century pianos recently. I'm like, oh, oh I want gosh. One. Yeah. I don't even play piano, but I want one. <laughs> and it's stuff that he has found sometimes on the side of the road. Literally one time, there's yeah. just one share that he found on the side of the road. It's amazing. This is also what our friend Katie Wilk Stanley does. She buys stuff at Goodwill or, or even she snags stuff also on the, the side of the road for free uh, and resells it on eBay as well. And so the possibilities to profit from arbitrage uh, are virtually endless here. Granted, this is a form of arbitrage that starts to look more like a side hustle or even a part-time or full-time job. But I don't want it to make it sound like that that's a bad thing. Being a collector and understanding the mid-century furniture market is one that uh, our buddies found incredibly fulfilling. He's gained a lot of knowledge through this process. He's now an expert on mid-century furniture and it now allows him to work for himself. Yeah, Matt, it can be so basic to arbitrage, right? Like uh, I've mentioned on the show that we're doing some renovations to the house. When we were getting rid of some of our scrap metal, you just put it on the side of the road. Guess what? There are people that drive around town looking for this scrap metal because they can turn a profit from it. There's, it's it's truly the principle of one person's trash is yeah. another person's treasure. Yep. And yeah, I feel like too, talking about retail arbitrage, it's become so much easier for the average person to participate 
in that process of like you know, buying something uh, at a discount and then selling it for a profit. And it's a legitimate way for people to even purchase brand new items immediately to resell if they're discounted enough, right? Yeah. You don't even need a storefront in order to make it happen because the internet can make it easy to find the deals and then to relist those items quickly. And even before you buy it, you can check on the internet to see, oh, what is this item typically selling for? There are even specific apps you can download to make sure that the item that you're buying sells quickly and will sell for a profit based on the price that you're paying. But it, there are also a few important things that you're going to want to pay attention to if you're opting to try retail arbitrage. Income potential, like I just mentioned, obviously one of those. What about quantity? <laughs> like how many of them can you buy? Sure. And then the size and the weight. Uh, because if you're selling one-off items, um, you know it's going to be a little more difficult. You have to create that listing for every single item that you buy. But if you can buy a hundred of something, uh, then you can magnify your your profits. Right. Size and weight are also important so that your profit isn't consumed by the shipping costs. That is something that could you know bite you in the butt as you're attempting to uh, <laughs> pursue retail arbitrage. But yeah, if you keep yeah, all you those things in mind, you don't want to get into uh, vintage bowling balls or something like that. It's like, <laughs> right. oh man, I chose the wrong market. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the wrong niche. And, and if it is, yeah, if it is highly profitable, but it also is a substantial size, well, it might work out, right? Because then you can hire someone to take it across the country for you. But sure. you're right, vintage bowling balls would probably be the uh, quintessential <laughs> worst uh, way you could go about retail arbitrage. Yeah, so we're talking, yeah, specifically, we're talking about retail arbitrage, right? And so becoming arbitrage-minded, it does extend far beyond just the, the retail landscape here. Uh, the cost of housing is easily the most expensive line item on our budgets, and developing an arbitrage mindset can not only save you a ton of money, but it can also make you a healthy sum every single month as well. So we're talking about house hacking here. Uh, so the default consumer mindset, they, you know, they consider how much they can afford every month on rent or a mortgage. Maybe they add like 10% to that <laughs> after they talked to like a realtor or so, you know, and then they see what's out there. They're like, oh, maybe I can afford just a little bit more. And, you know, then they're just stretched every single month to cover that cost to the point that they can't achieve any significant financial goals otherwise. House poor. Yeah, exactly. And they might try to find other ways to pay less, uh, maybe by negotiating rent, or maybe they choose not to live in the neighborhood, you know, that has the really nice pool and the really expensive HOA fees. <laughs> <laughs> but here is the problem. Their focus is still on consumption. They're not thinking of how they can instantly transform this uh, this expense into something that would potentially generate some income. Turning that liability into an asset, right? That yeah, is flip it on its head. Yeah, that is one of the key elements when we're talking about arbitrage. So when you're thinking like an arbitrageur, which I think is what Ooh. they're called, right? That's at least the French term. I don't know. Yeah, practicer of arbitragery. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Uh, yeah, you basically you set out apartment hunting or house hunting with a completely different mindset. Yeah. You're you're thinking less about the level of comfort and luxury that you can live in, you're thinking more about the long term. And so you've maybe already talked with three other friends who are totally interested in renting rooms of a house that you're going to put a down payment on, right? Or maybe you don't have the those friends in mind just yet. Yeah, maybe you're not super social. Yeah. You don't have like three friends who are just dying to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, that's your plan. So you, you know, you're only looking at houses that have rooms with attached bathrooms yeah. or something like that that you could, you know. And, and the, now, of course, there's obviously just so many ways to rent that room out that are easy. It doesn't have to be a friend. Uh, but that is fairly easy criteria to stick with, right? And since you've already been smart with your money, you're easily able to put down 20% so that the monthly payment is affordable. And then, look Lo and behold, you're actually 
making money somehow every single month uh, because you've house hacked. So yeah, finding ways to house hack is a great way to flex those arbitrage muscles. I love it. Turning that liability into an asset that is producing income that isn't just sucking you dry every single month. Exactly. And I, I kind of wish we'd have just started with this housing arbitrage because we all have to live somewhere, but not everybody wants to flip Pokemon cards on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> but everybody has to have some place to live. And if you can get this one thing right, this can easily be a way uh, that you see your finances go in an incredible direction. And you know, since we're talking about housing, let's talk about other ways to determine where you choose to live. This is an arbitrage opportunity in and of itself that's called geographic arbitrage. You can uh, take this to an extreme, right? If you want to move to like uh, Thailand, <laughs> if you want to move to like Southeast Asia, it's incredibly cheap to live there. Uh, and like even now, there are a lot of early retirees moving to Portugal because it's a nice place to live and it's uh, a good bit cheaper than the, uh, the cost of living in much of the United States. But combining a great steady salaried job that allows you to work from anywhere, that is the key to geographic arbitrage. You've got that steady income coming in, but you're finding ways to reduce in a major way, the money that's going out, the money you're spending every single month. Yeah, and obviously not everybody can do this, right? Some people have jobs that are tied to a specific location. Um, A lot of people have jobs that are tied to a specific location, but that is probably less the case today than ever before. More and more people have this sort of flexibility and could use something like geographic arbitrage to their advantage. And let's say you don't want to leave your home country. You love the United States. Hey, me too. So yeah, you know, maybe you don't want to be an expat. Yeah, exactly, and and that's understandable. Maybe your Portuguese isn't so hot, and uh, you 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 know you're not ready to dedicate that much time to Duolingo and learning that language. Uh, so I understand. You just want to pick up and move to a cheaper cost of living state. That's a worthwhile way to go too. Or even it could be as simple as moving to a less expensive county nearby where you live. Nice. Same state, just a cheaper spot in that state, right? And maybe you're in one of the really high cost of living areas, right? Like if you're in California or New York City, um, checking out less expensive parts of the country can make a whole lot of sense. And this is, of course, more realistic as work from home opportunities are going to be even more prevalent now than they've ever been before. And the cool thing about geographic arbitrage too is maybe it doesn't even mean that you have to work. (laughs) You can actually use cheap travel as a form of geographic arbitrage. We talked about this a little bit with Nomadic Matt back in episode 361. Uh, But Matt, I I stumbled upon this uh, site called theearthawaits.com. And it is this awesome site where you can kind of find specifics on the cost of living for different cities that you're interested in living in. And so- Like the Consumer Reports, but on cost of living. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's cruel. Like if you're you're like, you can- specifically pick the continent or the the part of the world that you're you're interested in living in and it gives you kind of a good estimate for you know what it's going to look like and, and how much money it's going to take every single month to live there i will say if you're looking to move south of the u.s medellin colombia looks like uh, one of the top spots Nice. Sounds like our dollar could go uh, a lot further there. Maybe we can talk our wives into moving the entire uh, How to Money family (laughs) (laughs) down to Columbia. I got a feeling they're not going to be on board with that. Let's put our uh, arbitrage (laughs) money where our mouth is. Uh, Okay. Here's the thing, too, is that you can apply these same principles that allow arbitrage to work with housing or retail arbitrage, but you can apply them directly to your money as well. And so we're specifically talking about using leverage so that you have debt, and you're investing at a rate of higher return. 
right? This might sound a little sketchy, but that's actually exactly what you're doing when uh, you have a mortgage, say at 3%. And then instead of rushing to pay off that mortgage, you're putting that money into your retirement accounts. You're often saving money on taxes by doing this and earning a higher rate of return on the money that you're investing by prioritizing that over paying off your mortgage as quickly as you can. And so this is, you know, this is why we feel that not all debt is bad. And I mean, like we don't go as far as to say that some debt is quote unquote good. No, we're not debt cheerleaders. No, No. yeah, yeah. But given the right situation, like, uh, like a situation where you're investing boatloads instead of paying off your mortgage. Well, if that's your situation, then we feel that debt could make sense for you. Uh, essentially you're taking advantage of a form of money or investing arbitrage by doing that. Yeah. And I think Matt, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, having this arbitrage mindset is crucial to that, right? Because you can't just take on more debt uh, without an arbitrage mindset because then you're in this consumeristic space and you're spending the dollars that you're borrowing. You're not using them wisely. And that is definitely not the place we want you to be. But if you're keeping that mortgage around on your home so that you can contribute more to your workplace 401k, right? You're able to take full advantage of that match now. Oh yeah, the 100% return on your money. Exactly. That is a good use of arbitrage. Let's see, 100% versus 3.5 you know, one, two, five percent. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, one is clearly greater than the other. Exactly. That's a big arbitrage win right there. But arbitrage also has some downsides. So yeah, we'll cover what some of the the problems with arbitrage are after this break. And and then we're also going to discuss how to locate the arbitrage opportunities that are likely worth pouncing on. Where do you find the best ones? We'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back. And Joel, so far, arbitrage sounds pretty great, right? <laughs> uh, at the very least, you can save money by making choices that will use arbitrage to your advantage. But the ultimate goal is for you to be able to make money by exploiting this inefficiency. And again, we want when, when we say exploit, like exploit is a word that has such a negative connotation. Yeah. Uh, but we want you to see it as... Benefit from. <laughs> yes, yeah. As, as like the core of business because that's what a successful business person does, right? They look for those opportunities. But all that being said, there are some downsides to arbitrage as well. And so let's get to those. One of the potential issues with discovering an inefficiency is that it's not likely going to remain an efficiency for much longer. It typically has a, a pretty limited shelf life. You might be able to take advantage and practice arbitrage in this, maybe in this one area that you've discovered for a while. But then once others catch on and realize what you're doing, they're also likely to join in if there's a big enough benefit for them to, to realize. So this means that the value that you're extracting may not be there for long. And so, yeah, like going back to, to the story, Joel, that you mentioned of Dick, the high jumper uh, back earlier in the episode. After he started doing that, everybody changed how they jumped. <laughs> they adopted his more efficient method. Uh, you know, for a hot minute, Dick had an advantage, but it did not last. And so it's worth mentioning that just because you stumble on something that's really amazing right now, it may not necessarily mean that it's going to be amazing for much longer. Yeah, you don't necessarily have the arbitrage opportunity 
forever, right? Like there's a, a window that's closing. For instance, yeah, going back to the example of Ben selling Pokemon cards, there's a good chance that uh, more and more people are catching on to this. They're seeing yeah. some of the money that people are making, especially after you write a popular article on the internet about how you're doing it. And other there's copycats coming out there to take advantage, right? But that's okay because we're not all unique snowflakes for very long. Uh, you know, it's not long before people start <laughs> to copy, you know, successful people, right? Uh, but a helpful way to think about this is, how can you help others maybe take advantage of the inefficiency that's happening? For example, lots of folks discovered there was an arbitrage opportunity to rent out a room in their house on a daily or nightly basis, but it really took the founder of Airbnb to bring that to the masses and to make it easier. Matt, something else that we've discussed, we we love some of those discount gift card websites, right? Where you can say, guess what? I'm going to make a $500 purchase at Lowe's, but instead of just going in and paying with cash, I'm going to go and buy a discounted gift card so that I can get an even lower price on that item that I'm buying. Well, think about the people that created those websites. They were arbitrage-minded people. They realized that there were folks out there who had gift cards that they didn't want to stores like, you know, their aunt gave them a gift card to The Gap. And they're like, I don't shop at The Gap. I only shop at Madewell. And so... Yeah, what am I going to do with this piece of crap gift card? Uh, Thanks, aunt, for nothing. And so, yeah, somebody had the idea that I know there are people like this out there who will sell me their gift card and lose a lot of money in the process because they would rather have have $60 than a $100 gift card to the gap. And so someone started one of those, and then a bunch of other sites sprung up doing similar things. And then there was an aggregator site that sprung up, uh, giving you a list of all the different sites where you could get a discount on one of those gift cards. So yeah, I guess it is important to note that just because there might be an opportunity for a little while in a specific area, it doesn't mean that it's always going to exist. Exactly. Yeah, one of the other problems with arbitrage, too, is the inherent risk of counting on something happening right before it's actually a a done deal. The landscape in markets is always changing, and so are consumers' tastes. And this can actually play out pretty badly when it comes to retail arbitrage specifically. And so an arbitrageur uh, (laughs) might come along. They might get in over their head and buy too much of an item that they see as an opportunity. I'm going to buy all the Tickle Me Elmos and sell them for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, oh, not the hot, uh, not the hot uh, toy item anymore. That one Sorry. guy spent 100k on Pokemon cards. I'm going to drop like one million dollars. <laughs> but then, what if that's you and you're not able to unload uh, what you've purchased? And so, yeah, again, going back to that Pokemon guy, he talked about the downside to to getting those nice cards that he was buying graded by a professional company. It seemed like that, that was a good idea, right? Yeah. Well, it, it you know what he was saying was. If I get it graded, then it's technically worth more. There's a third party that said it's this legitimate high-end card. Exactly. And so, you know, on one hand, you, you see that as a great thing. But then on the other hand, it actually took weeks for him to get that card back in his hand. And then by that time, the value could have completely changed depending on uh, the popularity and the, you know, opinion of the Pokemon market. Like Pikachu, no longer cool. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's just important to keep in mind that the market reacts and shifts. You have to be aware of the risks that you are carrying. Essentially, it's like this carrying risk risk, especially when it comes to goods or services that might be influenced by popular culture. Yeah, for sure, Matt. And sometimes when we're talking about arbitrage opportunities, uh, it happens where the rules change on us all of a sudden, and that arbitrage opportunity um, maybe doesn't look as good as it used to. For, yeah. for instance, you know, people who maybe would rent out a room on Airbnb, and then there's a citywide crackdown on Airbnb. Uh-oh, or, rules uh, just changed. Exactly, and you're like, <laughs> for you. dang it, the bet I just made is no longer paying off for me in, in the way I, that I thought it was going to. 
Also, earlier in the pandemic, we saw folks who worked in tech moving out of the Bay Area or other high cost of living spots to take advantage of being able to live anywhere they wanted while still earning that super high tech salary. And for a minute, it looked like the savviest thing in the world. You're earning the Bay Area salary, uh, but you're living in Indiana and realizing just incredibly (laughs) low uh, housing costs. But yeah, that window closed pretty quickly as many employers responded with different pay rates based on where you live now. So yeah, th- this was a geographic arbitrage opportunity, but the rules change. Employers are like, no, 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 no. we're not paying you that much money if you're going to live in Indiana. Uh, and so yeah, it's just important to note that when you're trying to take advantage of arbitrage, that is one of those potential pitfalls. Exactly. Yeah. So not only do tastes change out there in the market, but sometimes the rules change as how you can implement the arbitrage as well. Don't count on it necessarily being locked into stone forever. Yeah, maybe eBay could start charging sellers more uh, yeah. in a heartbeat. And you're like, all of a sudden, that's a, a cost that you weren't realizing before that changes the game. Exactly. You. Yeah. And so you may not be down, though, with flipping, uh, you know, underpriced items on the Internet <laughs> or maybe adding a bunch of roommates to your, your living situation. But we want you to keep an eye out for arbitrage opportunities. Uh, when you start actively looking for them, uh, you are you're, you're going to be bound to see some good ones uh, on a regular basis. They're not going to be as far and few between as you think they might be. And it takes having the right information, right? So this is one of the keys to implementing arbitrage into your life. And on one hand, that might seem like uh, just a pretty, I don't know, steep mountain to climb, right? Like a, a, a hurdle just to, to overcome. But the good news is that most of the knowledge that you might require is just sitting there in your pocket. We're talking about just the internet and your ability to look things up. But part of using arbitrage to your advantage is actually the practice of putting that knowledge to work. And so just because it's there doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to succeed at implementing that knowledge. So for instance, though, if you know, say you are shopping and you see an item that looks like a, like a good deal, you can just open the eBay app, see what similar items have sold for in recent months. And that will give you that crucial knowledge to know whether or not that item actually is an arbitrage opportunity or not. Uh, so yeah, maybe it is. The margins are wide enough and you pounce, but maybe it's not. But it's still a good deal, so maybe you buy it for yourself if that's something that you are already interested in. But either way, we want you to make sure that you're making informed decisions. Yeah, and Matt, it does take a lot of knowledge to be able to use arbitrage to your advantage, right? You have to have some sort of knowledge of the marketplace and the goods that you're considering buying or selling. Sometimes the best way to get started is to look towards a passion or a specific interest, right, that you can turn into an arbitrage opportunity. You've got to eventually go beyond that, I think, and to be able to turn it into a working system. It can't just be uh, a love or a passion. It has to, you have to be able to scale it to a certain degree. But taking something that you have some knowledge and interest in already, and then noodling on how you can maybe make some money on the side is a good way to begin. Makes me think, Matt, how back in the day, you and I used to go to this Urban Outfitters auction that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 that took place back in, yes. was it, it was in Augusta, right? We drove a couple like, hours? It was, yeah, it's on the outskirts of Augusta. It's like in South Carolina. But it was an Urban Outfitters in Anthropology uh, auction. Like that was, the, that was the clutch part because that anthro stuff sold for top dollar. It's high end. And this is this is early on in our both of our marriages. And so you and Emily were both looking f- for like some more furniture for your, for your place. We had done something similar as well. And uh, yeah, we saw this as a way for us to buy things at a massive discount. But at the same time, we were able to use it to actually make some money, uh, make it worth our time. Yeah, man, I started off going there wanting just to yeah buy a couple pieces for the house. And then it turned out I was like, okay, some of these things are just 
priced way too cheaply. You can get you know some of these rugs or some of these oh couches <laughs> for just so much less than what they should be worth. And so I would start to stockpile some of them and and then start to list them on Craigslist. And uh, on a couple of those pieces, I made hundreds of dollars. And so it's just one of those things like they want to get rid of all of this stuff at one time. Uh, but for me, I'm like, all right, cool. If I get four or five or six of these pieces that are going to be able to make me two or three hundred dollars each, then this is a worthwhile arbitrage opportunity. And it really just started from something I was like needing and or interested in already. Man, it makes me think of uh, the item that we scored the biggest return on, which was this Anthropology tufted sofa. It was during kind of, I don't know, it was like a lull during the auction and a lot of folks just weren't paying attention. And so, uh, you know, this tufted couch came out and we bid 75 bucks on it and nobody was paying attention and the dude was just tired of it. So he said he just sold and he sold it to us for 75 bucks. This was a over $2,000 brand new sofa that we got for 75. It did have some small defects. It had been returned, but we put that thing on top of the, the station wagon. <laughs> we had a, the V-Dub Passat wagon back in the day, drove it back to Atlanta, covered uh, in a tarp and sold it here in Atlanta for like, I don't know, like 12 or $1,600, something wow. like that at a solid profit. But even still, it was at least $1,000 less expensive than what that person would have been able to get that couch for, like new or brand new in the store. They were more than happy to purchase that sofa at a discount. And obviously, we were more than happy to go through the hassle (laughs) of figuring out how to get that thing back to Atlanta. But that just a very small example of arbitrage. Yeah. And you just start to see it. Like As you develop this mindset, you begin to see it more and more. And there's just opportunities. The opportunities abound in small ways and in big ways, right? doesn't have to be huge. Uh, And Matt, I think, yeah, one of the other things that it takes to kind of develop that arbitrage mindset that really does change a whole lot in the way that we live is maintaining a flexible mind. You've got to be open and willing to consider an opportunity before just saying no. I think sometimes people shut down an opportunity before they even begin to let it ruminate and give it some like time to consider. Yeah, it's not just about the knowledge, right? And so we talked about how that's something that you need to have on hand, but that's available to anyone. So that's really not, you know, a stumbling block anymore. It's more about what are you willing to actually take on? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the the older I get, at least, and people in general, we become more stuck in our ways. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're not as willing to step outside of our comfort zones. We go really deep into our professions, and it keeps us maybe from exploring other areas um, that are alternatives to what we do for a living, right? Like, um, for instance, a doctor may not think about how to unclog a drain, uh, <laughs> even though it might be a simple plumbing fix. Yeah. It, it's not because they're not really smart. It's just because they have maybe more of a, I'm just going to leave that to the pros sort of mentality. That's right. Yeah. Exploring arbitrage opportunities will require a mindset shift, being a little more open to different opportunities that come along. Also, uh, it's important to have cash on hand in order to be able to take advantage of a deal or an opportunity. Uh, if it's something small, right? So like like maybe a purchase under a hundred bucks, it's probably not going to be much of a problem for, for most folks. Uh, most individuals out there are going to be able to handle that. But if you want to be able to pounce on a great real estate deal, that'll allow you to, to have two roommates, <laughs> right? Uh, going back to housing arbitrage. Or if you want to invest more in the market because you're not planning to pay off uh, your mortgage aggressively. Or even you know if there are some upfront costs associated, say, with taking uh, advantage of geographic arbitrage before you're able to start realizing the benefits. Well, in all those cases, you're going to need to have that cash ready to go, whether it's saved up as a down payment 
or whether it's just having some cash in the bank that's fluid that gives you some flexibility. This is just another reason why we do not think <laughs> that it is underrated to have a solid emergency fund uh, sitting there in your savings account. You want to have that cushion not only to be able to weather any storms, but to be able to take advantage of any opportunities that might come along. Yeah, having some of that cash in the bank, having some liquid reserves gives you yes. some flexible money in addition to the flexible mindset that you're going to need to bring to the table if you're hoping to take advantage of arbitrage opportunities that abound uh, around you. And, and Matt, when it comes down to it, but wrapping this up, like arbitrage can make you money with something as simple as buying a pack of cards and reselling them individually, not just Pokemon cards, but sports cards too, right? Sure. Um, or, or it can save you money by moving halfway across the globe to reduce living costs while you know maintaining your solid job wherever you currently live. But arbitrage isn't without risk. Like we definitely covered that too, because trying to exploit arbitrage opportunities can leave you in the lurch if you don't know what you're doing and if you're not smart about it. So it's probably best to dip your toes in before going hog wild and purchasing a thousand Tickle Me Elmos uh, in, in order to try to you know make money this Christmas. There are some definite downsides if you go too hard too fast. Yeah, well, uh, and you also want to make sure, like, aside from the financial risks, you also want to look at your lifestyle. Like, yeah. is this something that I want to spend my time doing? Right? Yeah. Because even though you can make a buck doing something, doesn't mean you necessarily should or want to. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think once you start seeing arbitrage opportunities, you're likely not going to be able to stop seeing them. You'll kind of realize that they are all around you as you move through life. So yeah, ho hopefully our listeners are going to be able to find some ways to make extra money and save more of it too by kind of developing more of that arbitrage mindset. It's amazing to me to see how big uh, that arbitrage mindset can get you into building like a massive Fortune 500 company, <laughs> but it can also be used and exploited uh, on just a personal level, either in really small ways or it can you know scale up to being something that makes you a full-time income. It's just kind of a, a cool concept that we felt like was worth talking about on the show. Yeah, man, this is a fun episode. I feel like what you said earlier, too, about treating your life sort of like uh, a business owner would treat their business, right? Because it's sort of like we're joking how like like we are the CEO of our own lives. And so and only we know what we're spending our money on and what we're purchasing. And when you know the ins and outs, well, then you can find ways to kind of hotwire it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Instead of uh, separating this expense from this from this source of income, you can link all these things together and find opportunities that might exist in your life that don't exist in someone else's life. This is why it's important to understand this as a principle so that you can apply it to your own life because there's no one out there who's going to do this for you. Just like we talked on Monday with Clark Howard about being your own advocate. This totally fits within that wheelhouse, uh, that similar way of thinking. Uh, if you don't step up, nobody else is going to do this for you. No doubt, man. All right. Well, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode, Matt. This one was called Pineapple Upside Down Shake. This is a fruited sour IPA by Newgrass Brewing Company. Um, thanks for picking this one up while you were in North Carolina. But what were, what were your thoughts on this beer, man? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say that it's also brewed with pineapple, lactose, vanilla, and graham cracker. Uh, and so, dude, this was such a good beer. I'm really curious, honestly, to hear your thoughts because I really liked it. I feel like this is it's slightly on the sweeter side of things, yeah. but it's dry hopped. And so it's an IPA and it kind of has some of those bitter notes going on. So it kind of has that sharpness that you would get with uh, like a sharp cheese, right? Uh, it's not just like the super creamy sweet. I don't know. What's the sweet cheese? Like uh, Havarti or something? Yeah, that's my guess. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> uh, a big cheese. This is like a sharp Wisconsin cheddar or, or, you know, it kind of has those flavors going on with the addition of the fruit. But for me, man, this, this beer hit on all the cylinders. I'm not always looking for fruit 
in my IPA. And so I don't, it's, it's like, it's a cylinder that I didn't even know existed. Um, but all I know is that when I drink this beer, it tastes good. And that's all that matters. So. <laughs> I drink the beer. It tastes good. Uh, yeah, no, I like your um, very blue collar assessment of this beer, Matt. Um, th- th- I would say this beer has, has some awesome smoothie qualities. And yeah, the, the pineapple really, really does shine through. It, it was pretty sweet. I wasn't tasting as much of any of the IPA tones. I was mostly tasting the fruit and the vanilla and the lactose. But still, I thought this was really, really delicious and just kind of a fun, unique beer to have at the same time. I don't eat pineapple a whole lot, but you don't I, like pineapple. I like it. I just okay. don't eat it a whole lot. Yeah, but pineapple and beer. I think pineapple exactly. I think that's why that's I don't eat why. it. Yeah, but I think pineapple and beer is is really um, delicious. <laughs> and yeah. I, I like um, most beers that put pineapple in them. I'm into it. So maybe I need to like go to Aldi and get a pineapple soon. I just want to drink more pineapple drinks in general because yeah. I, I feel like that typically means I'm at the beach <laughs> <laughs> sipping on a tropical cocktail or something like that. Right. But, and this was, this beer is also fun too because the artwork on it definitely had like a, I don't know, like an under the sea kind of SpongeBob SquarePants kind of look going on. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> illustrated and all over the place. But uh, but yeah, uh, this was brewed and canned by New Grass Brewing. And so if you're able to get your hands on any of their adventurous beers, uh, I would highly recommend it. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want show notes, links to some of the websites that we mentioned, we'll have those up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. If you've been listening for a while and you have not yet left us a review, we would be eternally grateful if you were to do that over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big thank you in advance for that. Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 
if you dare.